I think I've got the first Xbox Series X benchmark. Microsoft Teams is getting a bunch of new features, and it's time to say goodbye to our good old friend, Mr. Windows 7. What's up everybody, Brad here, and well, it's January 10th and we are rocking and rolling. It's a big week for Microsoft, a bunch of announcements coming out. They've got a big week also next week as they say goodbye to Windows 7, but let's not uh, waste any time longer. If you want uh, timestamps, look down in the comments and descriptions down below. Otherwise, let's just get started. So Microsoft Teams announced a bunch of new features. Next week, there's a giant retail conference and Microsoft is planning to roll out a bunch of features in the first half of 2020. The first being the walkie-talkie feature, which I love because it's a thing you can use while you're walking and you're talking. It's a walkie-talkie feature. It's pretty self-explanatory, but it does work over Wi-Fi and LTE, so you can use it uh, basically anywhere in the world, as long as you have connectivity. Obviously, if you're out deep in the jungles, it may not work, and you might want an actual walkie-talkie. Um, there's new workforce man management integration. There's task targeting, which means um, corporate or management can assign tasks all the way down to the individual employee level to help keep employees busy and occupied and know what to do next once they uh, finish a task. Um, one of the features I like, though, is the shared device sign-out. It's not all that uncommon for first-line workers to share a tablet, right? You're only working a couple hours, you hand that tablet over to the next employee, and you need to sign out of all your stuff. Well, it can be a little bit complicated, and you might forget a few things, but now coming with Teams update, there's going to be one button, click it, and you sign out of everything, and that will make things about easier. There's also going to be new off-shift access to Teams, and what this will allow IT to do is to control what you can access in Teams when you're not on the clock, which is kind of nice because that will help uh, kind of keep one data leakage uh, to a minimum or, or at least reduce it, I should say. And it's also going to help um, you just kind of like control your data a little bit better, but also the noise as well. So you can imagine if you have an employee who likes to really ramble um, after hours, maybe you can limit their access so that they can't do that. And there's also a new SMS sign-in feature, which will help secure uh, with single sign-on uh, usage in the near future. Also happening next week, this is a big one, unless you're paying for extended support, Windows 7 will get its last patch Tuesday, which means after the 14th, if there's a major bug that comes out, technically you're gonna be exposed. Now, I say technically because we've already seen this with Windows XP that sometimes if there's such a major exploit, Microsoft will patch it. Um, so I wouldn't count on that, but technically after the 14th, if you're not paying for extended support or have one of the agreements with Microsoft in place to get uh, patches after that date, uh, your device will be exposed to unnecessary threats and vulnerabilities. So especially if you're a consumer, you should update to Windows 10. There's really no reason you shouldn't to, shouldn't at this point. Uh, on the corporate side, if there's something holding you back, Microsoft was willing to help you out. I know they have several programs. Desktop AppAssure, I believe, is one of them. It will help you get all of your apps up and secure. So uh, one of the things that jumped into my head when I was thinking about the end of sport, there was actually a petition before Windows 7 was released. People loved it so much that they wanted Microsoft to release it early. Microsoft obviously didn't, but Windows 7 was been, uh, it, it's one of the favorites. It's a, it's a crowd favorite in the Microsoft world. And it will be sad to see it go, but you don't have to quite go yet because Chrome, or Google, I should say, has announced that Chrome will be supported until at least July of 2021. So, you know, you tread carefully there. Yes, your browser might be supported, but the, if the OS isn't, yeah, you're still opening yourself up. But there you go, Chrome will be supported. We don't exactly know what Microsoft is doing with Edge yet, um, but yeah, we'll find out. Also reaching expiration date this month is Windows Server 28, 2008 and Windows uh, Server 2008 R2. So keep that in mind, keep that in mind. Um, things we should be expecting hopefully next week, Microsoft should be releasing Edge, right? 
Edge is supposed to be available, I believe, January 15th, which happens to be next week. And so Edge should be releasing, uh, get be publicly available starting next week. Hopefully we'll get some more details here soon, but we shouldn't have to wait too much longer. And then one more little factoid that I found interesting is Samsung announced that they sold between 400,000 and or four and 500,000 Galaxy Folds. Now, compared to like iPhones and even Galaxy, like Notes and S10s and stuff, that's not that many. But this is a $2,000 phone and Samsung sold between four and 5,000 of them. That's or 500,000, I should say. That, that's quite a bit. I mean, that's that's a sizable number for a super premium device. Um, I bet a lot of those were like novelty purchases because this device isn't exactly robust or going to handle falls or usage all that well. But hey, if you wanted to be an early adopter, four to 500,000 people clearly were early adopters. So uh, jumping into the Xbox news of the week and the reason why probably a lot of people are tuning in is earlier this week, um, I... After the AMD snafu, uh, I was able to get my hands on the information which other people have now been able to confirm, not that there was any doubt on my side, that the information was accurate about the ports that are going to be on the back of the Xbox Series X. Now, one of the big deals has been the mystery port of whatever. And people have, people have been speculating like crazy, like, is it an M.2 support drive where you can just slide that thing right in there? Um, it, the craziest rumor was, is it a Samsung One Connect port? If you're not familiar with that, this TV actually has it. It's just one port, it runs a cable, and then it goes to a breakout. No, it is it is none of that. It is a debug port. I'm, I'm fairly confident that that's all that it is. This is for if something happens with the console, they need to get data off. It is a debugging port. That is it. You're done. That's all you need to know. So just back off for a minute. So uh, one of the other things that I've been able to hear from a couple different people is this might be one of the first Xbox Series X benchmarks. Now, don't you're not going to get nitty gritty details. I'm already settling that. So compared to an Xbox One S. So if you load a game, and I'm not going to say what games that I've I've heard this on, but an Xbox One S versus an Xbox Series X load times right? Load times we're talking here. It is more, more than a minute faster. So when you hit, uh, click on the game on both consoles, you are seeing a more than a minute improvement in loading time. It, it, it is crazy fast, uh, compared to the Xbox one S. Now I don't have, I don't quite know yet, uh, compared to the Xbox series or Xbox one X, but when you go from an S to a series X, it is mind blowingly faster uh, at this point. Not that that's a big surprise, right? You have a faster solid state drive. You have a much beefier uh, CPU in there. And so, yeah, more than a minute faster on load times, which we've heard from both Sony and Microsoft that, hey, load times are going to be a thing of the past. Well, I don't, I, I, I take a little hesitation when I say they're a thing of the past. There will always be loading screens, even if they're extremely short but I suspect that there'll be at least be loading screens in some capacity, even if they are only brief. So a uh, bunch of questions this week, bunch of questions. So we are going to just dive into those. Every week I put these questions up onto therot.com and you can just comment on the thread and then I will try to do my best to not butcher them up while reading them here as I uh, look at them for the first time. Uh, JLV632 says, do you know if Microsoft once used a known codename Juggernaut Alpha as a product name internally? If so, do you know what it was? I do have a copy of your book on my Kindle. I've yet to read it, but doing a search for the term yielded no results. Juggernaut Alpha. I remember hearing this floating around. I I can't remember um, exactly what it was used for. That's a good question. 
that's a really good question. I should try to dig into that. I do remember the name. It is not in my book, which I've written a book uh, about the building of the Surface brand, which everybody should go buy or whatever. Uh, Triple Plate says, will the Series X have the same UI as the Xbox One or will it be different? Well, I can tell you right now it's the same. So Microsoft hasn't updated the UI. I expect that there will definitely be changes. I don't think this is going to be and I say this just reasonably thinking out loud here. I don't think there's going to be like a major UI change, right? Microsoft has already done many, many, many different iterations of the UI change on the Xbox One. And I think we're just going to see a continuation of that. Now, will the Series X look different than the Xbox One X like on day one? I bet it does look a little different. Microsoft is going to throw some um, changes and they're probably just visual elements, nothing major to make it stand out. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be like going from the Xbox 360 blades um, to like what we have now on the xbox one type change uh gotham says uh also do you think the upcoming service duo has any holographic abilities in it as teased by panos himself so um yeah i, I don't know if panos was initially teasing um the holographic capabilities but i can tell you this that microsoft was working with alex kitman i i tweeted this out a long time ago that they wanted this foldable device to be able to display holograms now whether or not they got there or they're going to be able to get there i don't know i mean who wouldn't want it to display holograms i just know that they were working on that functionality to see if they could make it a reality i hope it does personally but we will see uh, and then he also says well big tech uh with all the big tech entering personal finance markets, do you think Microsoft has some plans in regards to this and its upcoming Microsoft 365 consumer bundle? That's a good question. So I, a lot of these companies are getting into what well, is personal finance management. I don't know if Microsoft is going to get there quite yet. That, that, that seems a little bit outside their normal prerogative here. I, I expect from a Microsoft 365 consumer bundle to see um, things like Windows 10, obviously. Well, Windows 10 is probably... A, uh, whatever uh, office home subscription like that a password manager uh, and there's probably going to be there's another feature i'm curious like a, t a teams for life is going to be coming something in that capacity is on the agenda at least if it ships and so i think those things will kind of make it up uh, i don't quite know what all teams for life will include but it's going to be more of like family management stuff which again could tie into personal finance but i don't know if microsoft is going there quite yet they're looking more i believe at currently time management uh, Bart says, hello, Brad. Last week in the same report, you mentioned Microsoft upcoming life services as in plural. Teams for Life was rumored. Any uh, Anything else you could talk about? Well, Teams for Life uh, is, is a bundle, I believe, of services. And it's kind of important to remember that Microsoft does the For Life branding as their consumer side. There once was a, a Skype for Life um, prerogative inside the company. I, I think that was actually like their major refresh that they tried to make it look like Snapchat. Not quite sure on that one. Um, but they use that for life branding for the consumer side. At least they have been um, lately. So I, I'm I, like, I just, I said, expecting to see password manager, um, teams for life, a, a bundle of services to help with the family and time management. Uh, Steve Slock says, uh, I missed the chance to get out of the Windows Insider program on the last update. With the change to the program, when will I be able to get off the train? That is a good question because typically what he's referring to here is that let's say you're in the, in the slow ring. Just we'll use that. Uh, the slow ring is the slow ring, right? It, you're getting pre-release builds all the way up until the Windows 10 build is released. And then at some point those overlap. And when they overlap the slow ring versus the release, which is right around release time, you can exit the program and then just be on the RTM or, or release branch. Now, the way that Microsoft is doing it, that might be a lot more difficult. That's a really, really good question. My honest answer here is that if you've been running these pre-release bits for a long time and doing all this stuff, you might just want to just start fresh if you really, truly want to get out. That's what I would personally do. 
PK Driven says, with AMD's strong focus on mobile uh, CPU at this year's CES, do you expect more AMD chips to make their way to Surface devices? Good question. We already saw with the Surface Laptop 3, but I'm curious if you think we'll see an AMD-powered Surface Book or a Surface Pro uh, as the next logical step. That's a good question. I haven't heard anything explicitly yet. Obviously, I don't have the device down here. We have a Surface laptop. I have a 15-inch upstairs with an AMD chip. It's not the best performance. Um, but I would expect that we'll continue to see at least a flavor or a channel of AMD in the Surface products for the foreseeable future, much like we're going to see ARM with um, the Qualcomm or PQ1. Is that what Microsoft calls it? Whatever or whatever their uh, their name for their ARM deriv derived chip made by Qualcomm is. So I expect to see it. I don't know if we're going to see an expansion of it, primarily because at this time, Enterprise vastly prefers Intel chips. And Microsoft sells, last I heard, was around 50% of their product to the Enterprise, and they're going to continue to support them uh, with Intel. So, and then he says, also probably a stretch, but do you think AMD smart chip technology will be incorporated in the Xbox Series X? That is, that, that is a tough question. That's a tough question because we don't quite know. What I've, I believe we've heard publicly is that the next gen chip is a seven nanometer Xbox Zen 2 Plus, which makes sense. And so I, it's hard to tell if that specific technology is gonna be in there. Uh, Sydney 2K says, in regards to the number of ports on the back of the Xbox Series X, you mentioned in your most recent video that that was not the final design and changes may occur between now and when the console goes into mass production. How likely is the design going to be the final design? And is there any possibility of change or what do people need to contact to make their request be known? Uh, I've read a lot of comments about the design and how people are unhappy with an HDMI import won't be included. So there's a couple things we need to talk about these ports. One, um, people are freaking out that there's not an X or a Series or type C on the series X. First off, type C has nothing to do with the speed. These are already super speed USB ports. The only thing that would change is if does it go from a rectangle to a, an oval. So don't worry about type C. Granted, I would like type C, don't get me wrong. And the next gen controllers also have type C, um, but it, these are prototypes. There's a possibility that Microsoft could be changing these things uh, before release. It, it, that's their prerogative. They can. It's not all that difficult to go from a type A to a type C but Microsoft would have to make that change in their pre-production hardware. Um, the HDMI in, it, it was a surprise. A lot of people were pretty upset by this. So again, this could all change. This is pre-production prototype hardware. If the HDMI in does go away, most TVs have multiple ports. I understand people like being able to use one device and just have it pass through. If you really want it, I don't know what to tell you. I may maybe get a switch, an HDMI switch on the back of your device that might help. Um, I don't know. I, I can't like tell Phil. Let me just call Phil and say, hey, put the HDMI in back in. My guess here is that Microsoft is doing this for a couple of reasons. One, it's probably they're probably saving a few pennies, but I don't think that's the bigger reason. They can probably tell how many people are actually using the HDMI in. And it's, I'm guessing it's a very small minority of the people who are actually using it. That being said, we also know that Microsoft really wants to get away from that TV, TV, TV video, we know. And that was driven partially by that ATM I pass through. So I don't I don't know if they were going to bring that back. But um, like I said, others have heard this exact same thing as well. Uh, DR, DY Recline says, Hi Brad, do you know if Microsoft will bring the movies and TV app to Android with the introduction of the Surface Duo? So it was initially on their agenda. I'm pretty sure of that. I'm actually pretty highly confident that it was on their agenda. I don't know if it is still coming. That is a, a good and fair question, especially with them officially launching an Android phone next year. It would make sense, but at the same time, I still can't reasonably tell people with good faith to go buy stuff through that store, considering we have seen 
um, other Microsoft applications get squashed. Uh, Seattle Mike says, Brad, you've been talking a lot about purchasing a new TV or for whatever finishing your basement. You mentioned not wanting to buy an OLED TV, but why not? I've recently purchased one and it's life-changing. So I've had a... I, I haven't completely ruled out OLED. If I get an OLED LG C9 would be the one, it would be the 55 inch. I need to measure my space that I'm finishing on the other side of that wall, which would be done hopefully at least getting a TV within the next two weeks. I'm trying to get that done before the Super Bowl. If I get a 55 inch, it'll probably be the LG C9. Um, if I get a 65 inch, that's like another thousand dollars to get an OLED. And so that's way out of my budget. I'm trying to spend around 1500 bucks on that TV. And I think I can get that LG C9 for that. If not, I'll probably get a Samsung QLED, maybe Q70 or Q80 at a 60 inch, 65 inch size. Uh, Side Choker says, hi, Brad. I'm sorry. I have a few questions. That's always okay. Uh, do you think Microsoft is going to replace many off Google apps as they can with their Surface Duo? Not quite sure. I mean, I'm, they're definitely... Go, here's how to figure out what they're going to do. Go go get a Samsung Galaxy S10. Take your favorite Samsung phone. Go download the Microsoft Launcher. That's probably going to be very, very similar to what we're going to see. Uh, do you think Microsoft is going to have a sort of Apple Google Pay? No, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, with the new password manager, because you could save credit cards, they will definitely allow you to save all that stuff in their password manager. But I don't think they're going to enter, go back into that tapless market uh, where you see Apple and Google Pay and Samsung Pay for that matter. Uh, how safe do you think it is to have a built-in password manager in the new Edge? Uh, I think it's safe. I'm not worried about it. It's safe. I just don't like tying my passwords and all that stuff to a single browser. I jump between browsers, and by using one password, LastPass, insert your favorite password manager, you can move freely between browsers and not feel locked in because all your passwords are saved in that one browser and you can't move. Uh, password lock-in in a browser is a real thing, and I think that's one of the reasons why Chrome has stuck around so well, aside from the fact that it's generally worked pretty well, too, uh, over the time. So, uh, and they says, do you think a, do you think that the built-in password manager will be replaced by the new one? I don't think it'll be replaced because you got to remember, not everyone's going to use a password manager. People are going to want one built in. I think Microsoft will use the edge password manager and have deep integration and use that as a gateway to get people to use that password manager for everything. Uh, but we will, we will see. We shouldn't have to wait. I think it's going to be, there's supposed to be an event for the spring. Uh, Drunken Gelt says, seeing as how CES is more or over. Is there anything that really surprised you in a good or bad way? And what, if any, uh, future technology are you looking forward to or seeing this year? I think it was neat to see all the foldable devices and all the different iterations, the Windows 10X flavored variety, right? I think that was, I think that was nice. It was good to see that the industry is trying to push forward. I'm not exactly excited by it yet, one, for multiple reasons. One, it's early technology. Uh, two, it's really, really expensive. We're talking $2,000 plus for these novelty-style devices at this time. Three, we haven't found the killer use case for it yet. But I'm happy to see that companies are at least trying to, to you know, move down that form factor or see if there's anything there. Because until we find something that is better than a keyboard for, uh, for basically text input, we're going to struggle to adopt things that don't have keyboards for laptop-style devices. That's, that's just my opinion. That's just the way I think it is. Uh, I guess until we can get to the point where it just reads your brain and puts the text on the screen then maybe we'll move um those things look neat i'm always i was well this year more personally interested in looking at the tvs and i can't say that every year obviously 3d tv is gone i was just curious to see what kind of the trends are um we have 360 hertz monitors i think those are going to be nuts they're going to be crazy i they make a big difference for gaming. Um, I'm curious to see how that's going to tie in because one of the other things too I was looking at is, okay, what technology is coming and aligns to the Xbox Series X, right? We have the HDMI 2.1. Um, that spec is going to be crucial. And one of the reasons why I want to get that LG C9 is because it sports HDMI 2.1, which the Series X does, which is going to be better for the gaming experience. So 
just trying to keep all that stuff in mind. Now, Thrust Bucket, it's been stated for several sources that the new high-speed storage in the next-gen Xbox console is going to be heavily relied on for gaming in a number of ways that will solve data streaming issues often encountered with spinning drives. Uh, what do you think this means for storage expansion options, especially with what was revealed about the ports? Uh, would it not be smart to maybe have a proprietary external storage port? Also, do you think that the internal SSD will be soldered? A lot of questions, there, a lot of a lot of things to think about. I don't mind lots of questions, but lots of things to consider. Um, first off, Microsoft has gotten a patent earlier, I think it was earlier this year, where they were able to use, it's a, basically a page file on the storage medium, which acts sort of like RAM um, when the RAM is full. Um, that just means that basically the storage is so fast that it can act like RAM when it's needed. I think that's going to be a huge win for reducing those load times, which we talked about earlier, which is always a good thing. Um, when it comes to expanding your storage options, that's a very good question. I, th I, I bet, this is what I'm betting here, is that that page file or that technology that Microsoft is using for... Um, offloading information to the solid state drive to be used like RAM or whatever you want to call it will be limited only to that internal drive. And that drive I'm betting is going to be minimum 500 gigs, probably more than likely a terabyte. And it will just always be locked to that. If you use external storage, um, it, it'll probably slow things down maybe a, a little, a little bit. I'm not, uh, the reason why I'm hesitating here is because on the Xbox, right, you plugged in external storage and things got faster. It didn't, it was kind of counterintuitive because of the way the drives were working. Now, when you plug in a, sol a solid state external drive into the Series X, well, in this case, the internal drive is actually faster. And while it does not look like there's a Thunderbolt uh, port on the back of this device, it all looks like USB super speed, it might slow things down like a little bit. I don't think you're going to notice too much. But what I would tell you is that if you have games that are your favorite, I would definitely put those on internal versus external, unlike this generation, which it makes more sense to put things on external because they load faster because of the solid state versus spinning rust on the inside. Will the SSD be soldered? I don't know. That That's a good question that there's... So many things that factor into that, and so it's hard to tell. Uh, Macquarie Cowan says, have you heard any plans for Microsoft to implement Chrome as a Chromecast support for Xbox? With the switch to Chromium Edge, this would make sense in the near future. That would be really nice. I would really welcome that. The big driver of that is going to be when they bring the actual Chromium-based version of Edge to the Xbox. Right now, it's the old Edge on there. If they bring the new version, I would think that it would be possible. And that would actually, that would be very welcomed. And I honestly hope that they do. I really do. Uh, and then rounding out the end here, Mr. PKI says, after all the drama of the ports on the new Xbox Series X, do you believe the availability of the number of HDMI, HDMI or USB ports will actually affect consumer choice and whether to buy the new Xbox or switch to Sony PlayStation? Let me tell you, this is a, a fun question because he's basically saying, is somebody really looking at this thing saying, you know what, that doesn't have type C, I'm not buying it. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a real scenario. Um, there's absolutely people going to be commenting saying, yes, I'm not buying this. If it doesn't have type C fantastic. I don't think you were going to buy one. Anyways, if you like the Xbox console, you will buy the Xbox console. It's just like people buying iPhones. Do people stop buying the iPhones when they drop the headphone jack? Nope. Are people still going to buy the Xbox because they dropped the HDMI jack? Yep. So there you go, guys. I love the questions this week. A good show. Hit that like subscribe button, all that good stuff that'll support the channel. Catch all of you right back here next time.